0: Right, my understanding is that the market is different in the rest of the country. We are looking, when we look in our micro market, and it's not so micro because we cover a pretty good area, um, we are very much in a seller's market. Uh, What's typical here is a listing will go go on on Thursday or Friday towards the end of the week. It'll stay on through the weekend. Um and then by Monday or Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, they're looking at off all, they're looking at multiple offers and see to see where yours is. So you really need to be prepared to jump in.
1: Steinberg again, welcome to the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. Um, I have known Jody Boxer for 20 years, something like that. And um, we just had the opportunity today to be working with the same client, uh, really, pretty randomly. Uh, a young man that I've known for close to 25, maybe 30 years is, came to me for a mortgage. And went to Jody as a realtor. And so during this exchange, what, what I wanted to talk about was what advice you would give Jody for someone who was looking to buy a home in 2020.
0: Okay, what? so I guess I'll start with if you're a buyer in this market, just hold on to your hat. <laughs> it's a crazy market to be a buyer in. So the biggest piece of advice I could say is just be prepared. And that really honestly um like we always say but even more so now, think about what you can do and know what you're able to do. So start with the mortgage process. Um that, I don't mean this to be so so self-serving because you're a mortgage broker, but honestly if you don't know what your parameters are, it's really impossible. So we do have to start with the mortgage process. It's so important to know um, what your parameters are. So in a normal market, I would normally say, you need to know if you're if you're looking in a price range and you don't even know what your pre-approval level is, you, you don't know whether you could stretch and reach a little bit higher or you don't want to get into the process down the road where you've been looking and then find out you could only afford less. And now everything in comparison is not going to look so great, right? Now in this market, it's really it's, it's we are in such an extreme seller's market, the most extreme. And I know we said the most extreme last year, and this is just diabolical extreme. So, so, we're- so let's just
1: clarify that your core market is let's say Stanford and a 20 mile radius around Stanford. Is that about
0: right? So really like those commuting distances to New York, I'm sorry, those commuting distances to New York City. Uh, We cover um, Greenwich, Stanford further up the line, but we also go go into Westchester as well. Um, Our core business is um, in the lower Fairfield County, lower lower Connecticut, Um, but we do spread into New York as well.
1: And what I'm hearing you say, and I've been hearing this now for several months, for so many people, um, for so many people, this is, uh, there's just a strong seller's market. And that is different than the conversations people are having in the rest of the country.
0: Right, my understanding is that the market is different in the rest of the country. We are looking, when we look in our micro market, and it's not so micro because we cover a pretty good area, um, we are very much in a seller's market. Uh, What's typical here is a listing will go go on on Thursday or Friday towards the end of the week. It'll stay on through the weekend. Um, and then by Monday or Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, they're looking at off all they're looking at multiple offers and see to see where yours is. So you really need to be prepared to jump in um as as quickly as you can.
1: So let's talk about what it means to be prepared. Because again, we're this young man that we're both serving. Mm-hmm. You know, we we had an, an amazing conversation. So let me just summarize the conversation. Because After I prepared a pre-approval, you called me up and you asked me some questions. You asked me if uh, yesterday we looked at a pre-approval and we came in at 485 and you said, can we go any higher? So today we went up to 560. And then the next thing that happened was you asked me if, um, so he this young man raised his offer from 485 to 515, and then you said, "What can he do with the appraisal? So if the appraisal comes in lower than his offer, can he absorb um, the gap? The gap. And and for my, our listeners, it's clear that that's why you want to work with a Jody, not just a realtor off the street, you know." I say this in almost every podcast, you pay the same thing when you work with the, the cream of the crop, the people with great experience who are master negotiators, as you do with people on their first transaction. And you have to be crazy not to hire the Jodies of the world and Jody Boxer. And
0: Thank stuff. you. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. So-, so-
1: yeah, so let's talk about that dialogue. What's your thought process as you prepare your buyer to make an offer?
0: So, in this market, however, you could lessen those contingencies in your offer, the better you're going to be in the outcome. Um, it may sometimes we don't even, the seller might not accept the highest offer, but they might accept an offer with the fewest contingencies. So of course, if you could pay cash, awesome, right? That would be great. But not most people can't. Most people need, or even if you could get a mortgage, but you don't have to have a mortgage contingency, that is also awesome. But not most buyers can't do that. But you would be amazed at how many who can, but the, most can't. So, why don't we talk about that?
1: What do you What do you have in mind when you say you don't need a mortgage contingency?
0: So, for example, let's just say somebody's buying a property. Whether it's let's just say a million dollars, just to keep the numbers around. And I don't know where your audience is on this. This one, this one that we were talking about was a five hundred thousand dollar deal. But let's just say you're buying something for a million dollars. If somebody's putting down five hundred or six hundred thousand dollars, and they're only taking out percentage-wise a small mortgage, and they know that they will qualify for the mortgage. They may not need the mortgage contingency in the contract. So we have to review the circumstances on what their personal circumstances on whether they can do that. Um, but if their mortgage is small enough and they know they're going to be approved, don't put the burn, the onus on the sellers to wait for you to get your final approval. Um, Dave, you often go through a process where you're, you're approving somebody practically before they even buy something. So if they're that close to approval, can we release a mortgage contingency? Maybe. But um, when a buyer can do that, it's a really good thing to do. I always explain to in layman's terms, and forgive me, you're the mortgage broker. um, In layman's terms, there are two parts to the mortgage one is whether somebody is qualified to get the mortgage a bank is going to lend you a banker is going to lend you money and the other side is the bank wants to know that if they're lending you money they want to know that the property is worth it so that they appraise the property so we look at if somebody can't release the home mortgage if they're not paying cash and they can't release the mortgage contingency can they be flexible on either of those fronts so we talked with the client today they need a mortgage. They need a mortgage in order to buy this property and they need to go through the mortgage approval process. Because they're putting down more than 20%, they could cover a bigger gap in what where that property appraises. We've had an incredible increase in price here. So prices here. So there's a lag between the comps of sold properties and the properties that are on the market and selling for even higher amounts today. So there's a lag in um, information. So if the buyer could cover the gap, if they're putting down enough money where they could at least cover the gap, if the appraisal doesn't come out at the full value, that's really helpful. And that really is helpful from a seller's point of view, because they don't have to accept a cash offer, but they could accept your offer because they don't have to worry about whether or not the property appraises at full value.
1: Now, let's go back to our young man for a minute and let me walk you through my thought process here. Again, using my terms now rather than your terms, but there's two sides to the equation. There is the credit side, and so they need to be credit approved and then the, they need to be property approved. and. As far as I'm concerned, our young man can waive the credit approval, and he can waive it for two reasons. Number one, his, he's going to get approved. Now, he'll get approved within probably 24 hours of, of preparing, of, of getting the offer accepted. So he, you'll you'll present us with an unsigned contract we can submit it to the bank and 24 hours later you'll have the credit approval so they can waive that part of the contingency with some you know without really a lot of angst the second part which is the appraisal contingency now you have to have someone who's brave but let's take our young men we, it went on the market at 485 I don't think there's any way conceivable that that property will appraise for less than $450. Of course. Is, that, is that true? Now, let's say we were talking today about a 515 offer. So that's a $65,000 gap, right? And that's absolute worst case. If you have a client who is Committed to the property, then we can counsel them together. That, yeah, you could take, you can make it non-contingent. Um, and a, if your down payment is big enough, you may not even need an appraisal. But even if you need an appraisal, we're, we're getting you approved based on twenty-five percent down. Okay, so you're paying five. Let's just use. 520 because it's easy you're going to pay 520 you're going to borrow 390 75% of 520 well even if it appraised at 450 which is virtually inconceivable they would still get approved for the mortgage they would still get approved for the mortgage because the they're, you know, if it's worth five fifty, and they and they're borrowing, uh, they're, it's worth four fifty, and they're borrowing three ninety. They're still at ninety percent or better. And therefore, if you have an aggressive client in that situation, together we can strategize and, and look at waiving that as a contingency, and be far more aggressive than many other buyers might be in the same situation. It's still not a cash offer, but we can be way more aggressive than the average bear. What Absolutely. other contingencies are you talking about?
0: The inspection contingency. Okay. Um, do you want me to talk a little bit more yeah, about sure. that? So with the inspection contingency, Certainly for first time home buyers, I do all, I do always want them to do an inspection. If nothing else, they they need to learn how a house runs, right? So even if they could fix things like this young man can, he still needs to know how a house runs and he still needs to find out um, what's going on in the house. And so the- What the is is other systems are. So now you have some people who, are really good around the house and some people who have been homeowners before and know how to do things. And sometimes they'll say, um, I I did have one last week where the buyer came in with no inspection at all. They said, we're gonna pay cash and we're going to do no inspection. So literally from acceptance to sign contract is a matter of a few days and then the deal is done um sometimes what we do is we'll say um you will have an inspection contingency but we're not even going to discuss any items that are less than twenty five hundred dollars so if it's a if it's some electrical work that needs to be done or some plumbing you need a plumber for a couple of hours or an electrician for a couple of hours that's going to be on the buyers but if it's a buried oil tank or a roof that's leaking or some of the big stuff is really, really what you want covered. So we might cap, um, we might say that up to a certain amount we're not going to even discuss it with the sellers. Um, Other pieces of the inspection, um, I'm just thinking how to make the inspection contingency a little bit lighter. Um, Sometimes that we say, look, we're doing an inspection for informational purposes. As a listing agent, I don't love that because I always feel like if they say we're doing it for informational purposes, it implies that you're not going to bring anything up to the seller. But I find that in those cases, it's for informational purposes until they have the information and then they're going to bring it up to the sellers. But by that time, the deal is accepted and the seller may need to discuss it with them. So I take that one with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we try to minimize what we're going. I do let the buyers know that in this market, and this is certainly local to our area, um, as much as you could be flexible on those things, you need to be flexible on those things as a buyer in this market.
1: But what I'm finding, I serve four markets. I serve Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and Florida. And in every one of my markets, I'm, I'm having the same conversation in the Westchester market, in the Bergen County, New Jersey market, in the mm-hmm. Fairfield market, in, uh, in, in uh, South Florida, having the same conversation, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: there are, in all of those markets, there's a lot of demand. One of the things that I try to tell my clients to be flexible about is how fast they're prepared to
0: How that to well? I think what I always ask before we submit the offer, I always ask what the seller is looking for, right? What what is their preferred closing date? Um, So we can we talk about the rent back? You you, we talked about this with this this current offer. Um, In this case, the the sellers are closing on another property on July tenth. They really do want to close before that, and they'd like to st- they'd like to keep occupancy. In this area, we tend to close and occupy at the same time. So we offered them the option of closing two weeks earlier and giving them two weeks free rent at the house. two re- two weeks free occupancy. And that, you know, just another bonus to them that hopefully will make our offer stand out.
1: And, and I love it because now what you've done is you've taken uh, an average offer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you've built it up by reducing the mortgage contingency. You've um built in flexibility about inspection. You've built you, you you've designed the offer to meet the seller's need. And in a seller's market, that's what you have to do.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This exercise with this, I I hope it's more than an exercise. But this, what we did with this buyer today was a typical example of just pull out as many stops as you possibly can. Um, I don't know that we're the highest offer, um, but I do think we will stand out on the terms of our offer.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Now, we've been talking about this as being a seller's market. What I find in talking to my clients is that there are a lot of buyers who are just ready to buy. And they're ready to buy, and that's why it's a seller's market, because there are a lot of buyers ready to buy. You know, people buy for a variety of reasons. New children, you know, um, they're either upsizing or downsizing, right? You know, um, last week it was all my kids are off to, to college and I don't need as big a house. Um, I'm working with one in uh, Albany, in the Albany area, and these people have um, both got new jobs and they have to move from Arizona to Albany, but they're moving for employment. And when you get a new job, you got to move. Some people are moving for new kids new children, a growing family. And so there's this dynamic, and even though you might say, "Oh, I wish you didn't have to buy now, but you 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 only get to act in the market that you live in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How about is this a good time to sell? and And if the market is growing, if 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 you're if the sellers are seeing price increases, and I imagine if I I, I had a house uh, around the corner from you in Stamford, and I, why would I want to sell today?
0: So you can't time the top of the market, and you can't time the bottom of the market, right? So we have had incredible increases. Um, And we're not necessarily at the top of the market, but we don't know that. We don't know that until we're starting to come down. Um, Now, if you're a seller in this market, it's not only a great time to sell because the market has increased so much, because inventory is so low, we have a lot of desperate buyers. So I'll give you an example. Um, There was a house that I put on the market for, We were when before we put it on the market, we were discussing the price range of a million three. They needed time to spruce up their house, get it ready, and get their head get in the mindset to get it ready. They they called me several months later and I said, Yeah, I think you're probably a million three fifty to a million four now. And they said, You know what? We're good at a million three fifty. Let's put it on for a million three fifty. One of within a weekend. We had offers from, we had a, uh, probably about eight offers between a million four and a million four fifty. Okay, amazing. Because now there there are buyers who have now lost out on other properties, and they're now in the in the mode of they're a little bit more desperate, right? So they're saying, you know what, I'm going to go above asking price, and that is typical where your asking price is just the starting start of where people are going to springboard off of. Anyway, there was one buyer who then said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Don't accept anything yet. We're going to come in with a really good offer. And I thought, okay, where are they going to come in? Maybe a million 450 or a million five. They came in at a million six, a quarter of a million dollars over asking price, right? Cash, <laughs> it was an It was amazing, cash close quickly, we're out. So the buyers um, were thrilled because they got a house because they've lost out on so many others. The sellers were thrilled. They got a quarter of a million dollars over ask. Okay. So now if you're a seller in this market where it's not only rising prices, but now you have so many buyers out there who are willing to go a hundred or 10%, let's say 10% or 15% or sometimes even more over asking price you might have that one or two, two, one or two or even three outliers who are going to really springboard pretty high off of what where you are. Now, it doesn't what we're finding is it doesn't necessarily mean you could ask 20% more. If I had listed that house for a million six, I think I would have gotten very little reaction at all. And then if you have the one house that's sitting on the market when nothing else is sitting on the market, everybody wonders what's wrong with it. So everybody all expects in this market that the properties are going to go within a week, um, and if, so you don't really you don't want to price it too high. But the market makes that adjustment. The market tells you where the value is because that's where the buyers come in at.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the difference between someone with integrity, a realtor with integrity, who's because you can you imagine four realtors went up to this property and try to sell, try to convince them to list with him or her. And now some of them probably said, let's list at a million five. Let's miss this. Knowing the market psychology, knowing the market timing. and, And what I know about you after all these years is the credibility that you bring, because having a great realtor is something of enormous value. And specifically, what I what I'd say is, you know. I, well, I'll, I'll just go to my Albany deal for a minute. Um, I'm an unknown quantity in Albany. I don't do a lot of business in, in that county. But the realtor said she knows me, she trusts me, and she told the other realtor that if I said something's good, it's good. Now, that's all about the credibility. How long have you been a realtor?
0: Way long. Way over, long. over 20 years. But also, Dave, I, I want to say in this, I love the partnerships that realtors and mortgage brokers have, right? This was like a joint effort between you and me, it and the buyer. What can we all do? I don't want to tell a buyer that they need to pull out all the mortgage stops without confirming what, what you know, right? So it's really important to have that partnership and having. All partners who you trust and can work with. So, thank you for helping us today.
1: I call it the dream team, (laughs) and you know the the hashtag for this on Facebook will be dream team because when I'm working with someone, and we'll have an attorney involved who is, uh, you know, who who is pre vetted, Mm -hmm. and we'll have an inspector who's pre vetted, and to the extent that you can have a team of people, all of whom work together like clockwork, whether you're on the buy side or the sell side, you're just gonna have a great experience.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Hey Jody, what's yeah. your superpower?
0: <laughs> what's my superpower? Besides in the kitchen when I could figure out the right things that go in the right container and ah. out the right amount professionally, look we love we love working with our clients. What's my superpower? Okay, I'll, I'll thank you. I wasn't prepared for that question, but I'll I'll tell you what I think we do really well. We like to find the nuances in the deal um, to our clients' advantage. So I know it sounds old time, but I don't like to negotiate through text messages or emails. I like to listen. I like to hear that when I'm submitting an offer and I'm trying to get some, I'm trying to read between the lines and trying to get some intel what will make our offer stand out. I can't do that when it's in black and white. When I submit an offer or when I talk about submitting an offer and I say, hey, we're going to submit, we're planning to submit an offer of X, I want to hear them say, I don't want to see it in writing. Well, okay, thanks. I want to hear whether it's an okay, thanks or an okay, thanks. That's great, right? I really want to hear. I want to I want to hear I want to hear in between the lines. So I really try to take those nuance the nuances of what I've heard and try to figure out where we really really need to be um, and where we have to be and where we're willing to go um both on the buyer end and the seller end.
1: Mm. Got it. And tell me a little bit about your team. I guess I haven't been in touch with you in a while. Yeah.
0: So um, right now I, well, I'm, I'm always looking for talent. So if there's anybody on this call who wants to be, it doesn't have to just be in an agent position. I'm always looking for people. Um, for staffing. And I'm always also looking for agents and can help any agents who want to get into the business or agents out there who want to build their business. Um, Right now, my team is me. I have a virtual, I have a small team. It's me, a virtual assistant in the Philippines. And I have um, a great agent on my team, Jessica Buckley. Uh, And we are a really good partnership.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Um. And what are, you, what are you passionate about,
0: other than work? Other than?
1: Work. Other than work. What you other than work.
0: About? Honestly, family. Uh, that's really important to me. My time with them is really key. What I can do with them and for them, that's important to me.
1: And tell me about your family.
0: Oh, I've got three daughters uh one of the, two of the, one is married with children one just recently got married and then another one is married with three grandchildren Who I, and i managed to find them a house across the street for me how did that happen <laughs> in this market where there's nothing available where there's no inventory nothing 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 i don't know it's a miracle <laughs> it's a miracle but they live across the street so that that's amazing that's great yeah
1: that's great so we're going to take a pause for a minute is there anything else you want to talk about
0: um i think we've pretty much covered i'm sure i'll think about something later right and honestly right now my mind is on this offer and i've gotten a couple of text messages so i'm i'm good um to regroup let's
1: let's close it down
0: yeah okay
1: uh, okay we'll, we'll close this one down we'll take a minute and, and we'll talk about and vice
0: of, and on the other side is there anything you want me to specifically say
1: no we're, we're good we're okay good. This, is, th- this has been great because it's really a conversation and yeah you know there are times yeah. that i have to say dummy you know here, <laughs> yeah i know i'm really flowing conversation yeah you know jody thank you so much for joining on the mortgages made easy podcast uh i i, I so much value your wisdom and your, um, y- you know, you're just such a thought leader in the real estate market and, and your integrity just shines through. And if anyone, if, if anyone watches this is looking to buy in, in uh, the Stanford uh, South uh, Fairfield County um, market, uh, I, I I can't speak highly enough of Jody Boxer. Thank you. Thank you for joining
0: Thank you so much, and it's really a pleasure working with you as well. Thanks, Dave.
1: Hi, this is Dave Steinberg and the Mortgage is Made Easy podcast. Jody Boxer and I were having a conversation about what people should know today, um, April 2023, about the Fairfield County, Connecticut. What's what's going on in the market? What
0: so here we are on April 18th. Because we we're all things could change at any time. Things could get better, things could get worse, things it could we're in a, we are in a diabolical seller's market. We have no inventory. Um if you're a buyer, we really need to pull out all stops. Okay, get- so let's
1: let's stop, let's stop and let's do this. I understand what you're what you're trying to say. But if I was listening to this, I, I would say, ah, uh, I, you know, so let's say we're in a seller's market and therefore you have to be strategic, right? Okay. As opposed to, you know, when you say okay. diabolic, okay. you say, okay, so start all over again. We're going to hit it again.
0: So we're in a seller's market. You need to be strategic, whether you're a seller or a buyer. Yeah.
1: So, so let's start from scratch. So Chris, you'll, you'll, you'll get a flow. You, you know, okay. here you're interrupting your flow. Sorry about this, Aaron. we're gonna start all over again. Hi, this is Dave Steinberg. We're joined today with Jody Boxer on the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. And Jody and I were talking about what you need to know about the Fairfield County market mid-April, 2022.
0: Okay, so in this market that we're in right now, you need to be strategic both as a seller and as a buyer. As a seller, we help guide you through what needs to be done to make your house stand out with other houses, um, but not only stand out, but make it the house that other that the buyers are all going to be running after. Um, as a buyer, we really want to make sure that we are strategic in how we plan your offer and how we get your offer to rise to the top of the pile.
1: Tell us a little bit more about the sellers, what should sellers know?
0: Okay, so many times we walk into homes and you know, if sometimes the biggest thing they need to do is declutter, 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 and everything else they might have updates in their house and which are great. Um, lots of times they don't. So lots of times there there hasn't been work done to the house for a long time, but we like to at least go in there and make sure that that the house sparkles as much as it possibly can. If we can put, if we could have the sellers put a fresh coat of paint on that, that's great. Or if we could, sometimes the floors need to be redone. We have people who could help with that. Um, we like to, We like to make sure the windows are clean. Sometimes people haven't cleaned their windows in years. It really makes a difference when people walk into a house and the sunlight just sparkles through. So just little things like that with an eye on what the buyers are looking for um, I know there's not much on the market, but I most buyers do want a house that they feel like they could at least move into. And then even if they need to do work, they can do work along the way, but they really want it to be as clean as possible. They want to at least be able to see a clean palette.
1: And if you're talking to a buyer today, what's your advice?
0: My buyers, for my for buyers today, I think they really do, we try to get them to understand where the market really is. Sometimes it takes a buyer two or three, or sometimes more offers where they lose out on deals before they realize that they need to pull out all stops. Sometimes it's hard to get a buyer to understand that before they've submitted offer number one. Mm. We try to do that as much as we possibly can.
1: We've been sitting with Jody Boxer. She is one of the best realtors I know in the Fairfield County market. And uh, boy, Jody, thanks so much for joining us. This is the Mortgage Made Easy podcast. Jody's information will be posted below. My information, if you have any questions about mortgages, give me a call, reach out to me. And Jody is prepared to take your calls and your questions.
0: Absolutely. Uh, thank Thank, Thank you so much for having me.